everyone! How are you all this November? Hopefully you're a little bit warmer than where I am recording this in the not-so-warm London. Sadly, November and golf don't really go together very well, do they? Who's missing the summer season already? I'm certainly, my hand is straight up because I'm missing being out in the warmer countries on the tour already. And although the season is over here on Let Us, this podcast isn't over just yet. And this week, we are chatting to the player who we have unofficially voted, wait for it, the happiest face on tour. Can you guess who it is? You're listening to the Let Us Golf podcast with me, Olivia Botham-Lee-Dakin, the show where we chat to golfers from the LET Access series, present and past about life on the tour, the latest news, but also learn more about who they are and their golfing journey. Yes, if you guessed it without looking at the title of this episode, well done you. Of course, this week we are chatting to Marit Harivan. Harivan, I absolutely love that surname. Harivan had a solid start to the season with her results highlight coming at the first event of the season at the Santander Golf Tour Girona where she sadly lost out on the win to France's Lucie André. Since then, she has achieved another two top tens, one more than her rookie season in 2022. Yet, things got tough for Harry Van the latter part of this season. In a statement on socials, Harry Van wrote, Lately, golf has been heartbreaking for me. After a solid first half of the season, I haven't delivered in the second half. I always knew it took a lot of hard work and a clear mind. Yes, golf is very technical, but it is also incredibly mental. Resilience. That is a word that always sticks with me. No matter how tough it gets, I've been through worse and with resilience, I will fight my way back. Let's get ready to fight a qualifying school in December. Insert some strong arm emojis. I know no one will ever beat this game of golf, but I sure as hell won't let it beat me. Now, peace out for some rest and recovery. <laughs> that last sentence is so Marie. Um, and I'm really excited that this week we have the opportunity to unpack that statement and find more about her golfing journey while she is hopefully enjoying some rest and recovery. Let's dive right in. Welcome, Marie, to the Let Us Golf podcast. How are you this morning? Thanks, Livy. Yeah, I'm, I'm great. It's my uh, off day, so I'm just at home, chilling. Monday is usually my off day, so yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm fabulous. Um, so let's speak about what you've been up to since the last two tournaments. Um, have you got some rest in? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I needed some rest in, so first couple of weeks, barely touched the club. Um, I had a little free weekend with some friends, so definitely needed a little, little vacation, but yeah, now we're back to the, to the grind, as they say. So we need to get ready for Q school. Yeah. Of course. Q school's coming up. Um, you'll be at the pre-qualifiers. How feeling about going to Morocco? Is it the first time there? 
Yeah, my first time. I'm very excited to go to Morocco. I've heard some some great stories about the the courses there. So yeah, really looking forward to it. The weather should be should be great as well. I think in December it's still like nice, like twenty twenty five degrees. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to go there. Yeah. And Q School is one of those horrible kind of people don't like to think about it. Uh, you've yeah. you're a stranger to Q School. Um, but what are you going to bring to this year's that you've learned from past Q schools um yeah so the past Q schools haven't treated me well um it's it's a big thing Q school but I'm I'm this year I'm trying to not make it a big thing I'm just trying to to do my thing and um yeah trying to to go into it with like a fresh uh, mindset and just just enjoy it a bit more I think I'll really like the the place over there and where we had it previously um it just didn't really suit my game so I'm I'm yeah I'm hoping that this this place will uh, that Morocco will treat me a little bit better but yeah I'm trying to look at it with a fresh mindset yeah definitely so now let's talk about the your season on Latas, um your second season right yep how about you sum it up how you felt the season went for you oh I sum it up for you oh I thought you were gonna have a summary for me <laughs> um well I started off well um I start, we start off in in Spain and I was in that playoff with the five uh, well with the five of us I think yeah with four other girls um yeah I felt really good that that tournament I was really really steady and playing I mean the weather was very difficult and I just kept hitting fairways greens making pars and I knew you know if you make a lot of pars there people are going to make bogeys and then unfortunately I made a double bogey on my seventh hole uh, 17th hole um which led me to get into the playoff because I had like a I had a two-shot lead and I knew pretty much the back nine that it was in my favor and I just had to keep going and do my thing and I'm I'm pretty proud still how I managed with most of the nerves those back nine yeah apart from the 17th but it happens and then in the playoff anything can happen so I've I've won playoffs before I've lost them before so it's just I wouldn't say it's luck but it could go either way with the playoff um but yeah I would be lying if that second place didn't hurt you know it was I really wanted to win obviously everyone wants to win and I felt like I had it in my own hands um so yeah, after that second place, I really had to calm down a bit, and because I was yeah a little disappointed, um, you know, we as golfers we we lose more than we win, but when you do have that win close, you kind of want to grab it, you know. Um, so after Spain, there was a couple of well tournaments that didn't really go well, but. It wasn't it wasn't bad either. Um, then in the middle of the season, we had that Sweden stretch, like the two the first two in Sweden in July. Um, those went well. Uh, fourth place in uh, Vasteros, um, so that was nice. Uh, and then I had a little break. Um, then the ones in Sweden, it wasn't necessarily spectacular, but it wasn't bad either. I had like another top 10 finish, which was nice. So the first and the middle part of the season was, I mean, I was content about it. I was happy about it. It was, it was fine. And then the 
unfortunately yeah the the like the final five tournaments of the seasons weren't really weren't really going well and not like I didn't finish as I'd hoped to so yeah I dropped a lot of spots back on the order of merit so that was yeah that was unfortunate but it's just the way golf works you know if you're you can have a good good time and you can have a little rough patch to time so yeah it's just yeah it's just the way it works so but yeah it's a bit sour to finish that way with the season that is golf um you've chosen yeah typical careers right? true true <laughs> um I asked you just after the last tournament one word to sum up the season and you said heartbreaking which was heartbreaking yeah you choosing that word would you yeah. would you still choose the same word yeah because yeah it it sounds heartbreaking because yeah it, I mean it was it, it was a for me it was it was a second place in a playoff yeah that's heartbreaking it was a fourth place where I was leading uh, co-leading with the other two girls after three holes the final round and then I I bogeyed so many holes I, I couldn't even make a par anymore and then you know so that's just disappointing I wouldn't call my season disappointing because I did show um, a lot of potential at some tournaments but yeah it's heartbreaking for me because you you do quite well and then it just you just didn't get it okay that's fine we we go again and then you, again it's just you just barely have and no and so and then the finish was yeah my those last five tournaments were yeah not very good so that that is heartbreaking you know we always want to do our best and when you can't get it out of yourself it's it's frustrating yeah so it was for you a season of two um three quarters and another quarter why did you find the last tournaments difficult um I think for me um I just well, if I look back at it now, and I kind of felt it in the moment as well, mentally, I wasn't really, really doing well at that time. Um, and then it's just really, really tough to perform when you're mentally or physically, whatever it is, when you're not doing well, it, it's it's just really tough to perform on a high level and to, to be very consistent. Um, and for me, if, yeah, I just, if I look back on the season now, like, mentally I started losing a bit like just over midway of the season and then the first couple tournaments you can still go through it you know but if you don't address it as much and you don't work on it as much but we're away all the time so it's really difficult to to you know work on it and then just at the end of the season it just as we say it just eats you up then so yeah it just for me it was not only like mentally exhausted, but I just wasn't in the right mental space at that time. So then it's really, yeah, really difficult to perform and set that aside. And then, because golf is super mental, like we can all, we can all hit the best shots ever, but it's just also very mental how you approach the game. And when you're mentally tired, it's really difficult to, to perform. And, yeah. When you've kind of felt yourself kind of slipping into um, kind of bad mental health, did you do anything to try and 
um, stop it? Like, do you have any techniques that you use out there on the course? Yeah. Um, so I have a performance coach and so he's my, and my physical coach, but also my mental coach. Um, I text him a lot. I talk to him a lot and just, yeah, just address what I'm feeling or how I'm handling myself on the course. And we came to the conclusion that I was, you know, irritated often or quickly, you know. So whenever I had like a bad hole or two bad holes, it would sit with me for longer than usually, you know. Usually you're like, okay, next hole, we just keep going and then it's it's fine. And then now, because you stay in it for a little longer, it affects more holes than it, you know, usually should. So, yeah, it's just, it's just tough. But I feel like if you acknowledge it and if you tell, like, so I tell my personal coach I tell him and then we we talk about it that usually already helps a lot as well so yeah and you are one of the most uh happiest bubbliest presence on tour everyone knows you on tour and um you definitely look super positive the whole time which just goes to show like underneath you can be kind of struggling a little bit um do you do you feel that in yourself do you feel like you put loads of positivity out but is it sometimes forced? Is, it, is that a too personal question? I don't know. Um, no, no, it's not too personal. I don't think it's forced. Uh, um, it's just, it's just how I how I am. Um, I've always had that. I'm, I'm always like you know very open and yeah bubbly as you would say. Um, it's just yeah because I want yeah. How do you say it? I want people, I want to make people feel happy, you know, I just, and for me, it, it helps as well. Like, I just rather have a good time than be like down all the time, you know, but yeah, of course, people have their own things going on when either they're on their own or when they're off the golf course. But yeah, it's just, I've, I've kind of always been like that. So for me, it's, yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Let's focus on some good times then. What has been okay. best um, memories and highlights this year on on the course or off the course? Oh, oh, that's a really tough question. Best best memory. I mean, we've had some good laughs. There are some fun girls on this tour. Um, you and Clara and Anna as well. It's just, I think we have a really great bunch of people. Um, there are some, some girls that really make me like laugh and almost pee my pants. They're so funny. So I think there, there are a lot of, of fun memories outside the course with, with those girls as well. Um, and then, yeah, on the, on the course, um, um, yeah, as heartbreaking the first tournament was, I would also say it was one of the better memories because um, that back nine, I, I could... You know, how do you say I could um, I could really perform with the nerves as well. So that showed me that I could do it. It just didn't end up happening. But yeah, for like a lot of holes with nerves, feeling the nerves in my hands, I could still hit good shots. So, I mean, as sad as it was to not win, it was also a show of I could I could do it. Yeah. Um, have you got any funny stories you're willing to share from the other players? Um... I mean, there there are a bunch of good ones. Um, last year, uh, there was uh, <laughs> I still laugh about it with her. Uh, I travelled with Nikki Hofstede, this other Dutch girl. We travelled the whole year together last year, and we were in in uh, Switzerland in Lavo, and we were in this tiny supermarket, um, in this tiny village, 
so you wouldn't expect any Dutch person to be there. And we were talking about the second round. First round, I played well. Second round, I played bad. So I just, you know, complained to her a little bit. And then I was like, you know, it just really makes you feel like. And then she said something really inappropriate in Dutch. And there was this Dutch guy that was reacting to it. And we were we were on the floor. It was so funny. And she was so embarrassed. And I, I just couldn't stop laughing. She tried to avoid them the whole time. But I was like, this is this is way too funny. It just... One of those moments where you had to be there, but it was super, super funny. Yeah. It showed you such a small world. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> and Nikki, I know you've talked about all of your like rookie season, and this year she's been off injured. Um, have yep. you been able to compete? Have you missed her then on tour, having that travel? Oh. Button? Yeah, immensely. Yeah, she's just, she's not only my travel buddy, but one of my best friends. Um, we talk to each other a lot, uh, even if it's just on the phone or, but now luckily she's back competing. So um, I'm very happy for her, very proud of her. It must be really tough to, to, yeah, be out of the whole season with injury. I, yeah, I just, yeah, I, she inspires me as well. Just, just the way she, she keeps going. Yeah. That's sweet. And um, you're very proud of being Dutch, right, aren't you? Because I know you wear orange as much as possible and have it all over your bags and stuff. Um, yep. Tell me what it was like then uh, growing up in the Netherlands. Uh, I had a great growing up, yeah. I um, I feel, well, the only thing that I usually say about the Netherlands that's not very nice is the weather. Pretty much everything is pretty good. So, yeah, I I had a great growing up here, yeah. I love it. And as you say, I like to wear a lot of orange. Um, uh, my car is even orange. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but let's speak about when you first started playing golf. Um, was it at quite a young age? How did you get there? Yeah, I was quite young. Um, my parents, well, my dad played golf for like a lot, lot of like a long time and my brother really liked it when my brother is two years older and he was I mean he probably was one when he started playing golf it was my dad would always take him uh, I usually stayed with my mom for a little bit but I I wasn't really you know I was really more into football and tennis and when we were young my brothers his, his first set it was like a small Cleveland set uh it was too it was getting too small for him so he, they had to get a new set for him and I thought that was so sad so I was like no I'll play golf I want that set and then I started playing with that set when I was about five or six years old so then I started hitting my first yeah golf balls but it wasn't probably until I was like 10 or 12 where I I liked it more and more and I dropped tennis to play more golf but football was still my number one sport so yeah really yeah what, do you have a big team you support then do you still support football? I still support football I'm an Ajax uh, Amsterdam supporter we're not doing great at the minute but you know it's just it's just the way it is um but I love to watch football I love to watch any any league there is also Premier League or whatever I just yeah I still love football yeah and you um were very competitive with your brother right when you were young yes yes on, um into like more competitive golf do you still play with him are you still competitive like that 
I do still uh, play with him. Um, he still always beats me with the putting, which is very annoying. That's the only part of the game that he's good at. <laughs> no, no, I. He's a he's a good golfer. He's handicap seven. He's not too bad himself. It's just yeah, with the putting, it always annoys me how many long putts he holds. But um, yeah, we we grew up uh, playing loads of sports together. I played football with him as well. Um, we would go snowboarding or skiing. We would always do the things together. He's very athletic as well. Um, but yeah, with the golf, we, we had a small youth group at our local golf course. Um, and yeah, so I naturally was put with the, with the boys as well, because there wasn't really a lot of youth players. Um, so that kind of really helped my competitive side with with golf to try and hit as as far as the boys do, you know? Yeah. So I think that really, really helped a lot. And then when I was like 13, um, like people in the North started seeing potential in, in me. So I went to this different club that played on the highest division. And yeah, since, since I was 14, it really kick-started. Um, I won the Dutch Nationals under five, uh, under 15 out of nowhere, really. No one really knew me. And then, yeah, that's just really what it what started. Then I was a part of the Dutch Federation, and yeah. Ah, and you even went to the Youth Olympic Games, right? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Where were where where were they that year? Uh, they were in in China in Nanjing. It was uh, 2014. Yeah, I'm I'm getting old now. <laughs> uh, I was 16 at the time, and I won the nationals under 21. Uh, which gave me and and another uh, boy a ticket to the Youth Olympics, which was. Yeah, very, like, very exciting. And it was like a great experience. It was super cool. Netherlands is it popular or were you quite at school playing it uh, I was the only one at school playing it pretty much uh, apart from my brother but yeah it was um, I would say it's getting more popular now obviously since COVID it was one of the first sports that really could be played again um, but I mean, when I look back on it, when we were younger, uh, people in the classroom, they were like, oh, you play golf. That's that's weird. Yeah. So but now and now, uh, it, even with the TV and YouTube, it's getting more popular. So it's not as weirdly looked up on as it was back in the day. And let's speak about college and kind of like starting to think about turning professional. Oh, my gosh. I just noticed a cat yeah. in the background. Is that your cat? That's my cat. Oh, what's his, what's his, their name? His name is Milo. Milo. Oh, yeah. Sorry for that distraction. He... <laughs> yeah, I it's fine. <laughs> Cats are important, you know, it's fine. <laughs> is he, does he, a big support network for you, your cat? Big cuddle. I love him. I love him. Yeah. He's still young. He's only three. So he sometimes is a menace, but... You know, I try to cuddle him as much as possible, but he doesn't really want to be cuddled much. <laughs> okay, back on track. I was talking about college. Yep. You went to America, right? Um, I did, yeah. 
How was that experience for you? Um, so I went to Mizzou, uh, University of Missouri, with Clara Young, who is also yeah. a lacrosse player. Yeah, so we were teammates for uh, two and a half years. I went for two and a half years. Um, so I started out in January 2016. Um, I met the coaches at the European Team Championships, sort of girls, the year prior in Czech Republic. And I just graduated high school. And I was like, I'm never going to study again. I'm going to turn pro. And, you know, um, and then this opportunity came. And I remember talking to my parents uh, and my dad in particular. I was like, if I'm not going to do this, I'll probably regret it. So I, I'm, I live by usually doing things to not regret it, then not do things and regret it, you know. Because if I want to do it, then I, I will never regret it. Because in that moment, you want to do something, you know. So... Um, so I was like, this could be a huge experience to do well in college and then maybe go on to the LPGA tour, the American route. So, um, cause I knew I wanted to turn pro at that time. Definitely. Um, I, I liked America. I really liked it. I just didn't really like the studying part, but the golf and the sports there are amazing. Uh, the facilities that we had are like super, super good. And the, the level of, of players is, is really high as well. So for your, like, uh, how do you say, it? To, to, for your development to go there, is, I, would, I would recommend it. It's pretty good, like the sports side of it. It's yeah, really good. I just, I just wish for me... If I look back on it, it, it wasn't the right time in my life. But you can never know beforehand. Because like halfway when of my time in, in, in America, my dad passed. So it was really, yeah, really tough to then go back later and try it again. So I just wish um, I could have done it a bit differently. But you, you can never, you know, know exactly. So Speaking about your dad, you were, I, you've spoken about him. You mentioned his, like, dad a bit already in this podcast so you must have been super close to him um were you in America when when he passed away no luckily I was at home when he passed um it was in the winter break it was in January so we were we were all home um yeah he he passed unexpectedly so it was really yeah really tough for all of us um but after six months I decided to go back to the states to try it again because um, at that time I was still eligible to to go back, um, and if I waited for longer, I probably wouldn't have been eligible. And I knew how much my dad loved me being in America. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna try it again. I'm just gonna, you know, I had less memories of him there as well. But yeah, it didn't didn't turn out that way. It was it was it was tough, very tough to be away from home in that time. So then I decided to go back halfway of my junior year. Yep. Um, and you were only 19 when your dad passed away. So at such a young age. Um, yep. Must have just been absolutely well, sh- like shattering. Um, how how have you come out that like, other side? And how has that horrible experience kind of like shaped who you are today? If that's not too <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's t- totally fine. Um I think I still haven't come out of it. I, I think you will never come out of it. It's just the way you deal with it more. Um, yeah, for me, my dad was my best friend. So we did so many things together, um, especially on the golf side of it. 
So when I got back from the States, I even quit playing golf for a year. I I was like, I'm I couldn't I couldn't be on a golf course without thinking of him and bursting into tears. So I decided to stop playing and I wasn't really sure whether I was gonna start playing again. I was thinking about what other careers I could do. Um well that didn't turn out great. So then I was like, you know what, maybe um and in that year like that year I really found out towards the end of the year that I was missing golf and I was loving it too much so then I yeah I I decided to start playing again I had a really good um, psychiatrist who who helped me with the memories of my dad on the golf course uh, lots of therapy and luckily we're we're back playing golf again uh, yeah, so then in 2019, I decided that I wanted to turn pro again. Um, well, then 2020, COVID happened. Um, so it took me a couple of years longer to turn pro. But if one thing I know now is that age or years don't matter when you turn pro. I, when I was younger, I was like, I need to turn pro as soon as possible. And now I'm like, if I turn pro then, I wasn't going to be ready for it. So, um, yeah. And it, you just have to, like, deal with the cards that are dealt to you. Then you just, yeah. So. And and you must, you must just feel like you're making him proud as well, um, out there. Definitely, it it's it's still really tough when I play well. I think of him, and when I don't play well, I think of him. Um, but my mom and my brother are great. Um, they really helped me as well. My brother reminds me a lot of him. Um, it's just, yeah, it's he's just always there for me, mm-hmm. uh, my brother. And I feel like my dad is always there in, in my heart. So, yeah. And you said your brother's a fan of this podcast, right? He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he listens to pretty much all of them. Yeah. <laughs> What's your brother's name? F-A. F-A. Yeah. Well, shout out to him for listening. Thank you. Yes, shout out, FBA. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, I'm now going to move us on to the quick fire round. Are you ready? Yes, let's go. Quick fire your dream four ball. Make it interesting. Interesting one. Um, Anyone oh. needs to play golf. Um, who would you want to play around with? Three, three people. Okay, I think um, I'll then just say it will be my my dad, my mom, and my brother. Yeah, just oh. one more round with the four of us. Yeah. yeah. So your mom plays golf as well. She does, just for fun, but she does. Right. <laughs> Keeping it in the family, family affair. I yeah, think that's yeah. great. About, sorry, I'm distracting from the quick fire round, but that's what's great about golf. It's such a family sport. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, playing. It's beautiful for that. Any age, any level, they can all play with each other. A grandfather and a grandchild, whatever. Yeah, it's it's really great sport for for family. It just connects generations. Yeah. And what course would you play at? Um. Oh wow. Well, I mean. Augusta obviously is one of the best and purest courses in the world, but I haven't played there. But if it was going to be a course that I've played, um, we all love Lynx golf. 
and we've played a lot at St. Andrews. Um, we went on a lot of holidays there together. So I would say one more round there in St. Andrews. Yeah. Lovely. Shame we don't get too many link courses on Letas. You might have. No, it's a shame. I love links golf. I really love links golf. Yeah. Never know. Maybe soon. Um, and what is your favorite snack on the course? Oh, um, I'm sure many people said like a protein bar or something. So I'm trying to be creative. Oh, I love um, like small tomatoes just in a Ziploc bag and just eat small. Yeah, people think I'm weird for doing that. But I love like just really tiny tomatoes. Yeah, it's just like a little cherry, snack. Cherry tomatoes, like the little ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. I absolutely hate tomatoes with a pasta. <laughs> I hate them. Is... Yeah, some people tell me I'll I'll offer them a tomato and they're like, hell, hell no. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> You've gone down in my esteem, Marie, now. Ah, no. <laughs> um, and favourite club in the bag? Ooh. I've got a new putter which is really, really cool. It's like a black, full black answer pink putter. And then I've painted the letters orange, which it looks really, really cool. Um, but to hit, I'd probably say my hybrid. I love my hybrid. It's an older hybrid. Well, old, not really old, but it's just really a trusty club for me. Whenever I need to hit a fairway, I just hit the hybrid. Yeah. And what is one thing you would change about golf, the sport, if you could? Um. Oh. Um. Just in general, or or yeah, anything. Um. May oh may I talk? I joked to a couple of girls about this that maybe we would turn tournament golf into twelve holes a day, because this year I've been playing really good the first twelve holes, and then I've you know I finished really bad, or I played well the first nine, and then the back nine not so well. But yeah, we didn't want to change it to nine holes because then if you don't start out as well, you you don't you don't have many holes to catch on. So twelve holes would be great for tournament golf. <laughs> I, I I actually think twelve holes would be great too, not just yeah. the time, but it would just... speeds up play as well. And yeah, and it would get rid of the stereotype that golf is really long and boring. <laughs> exactly, twelve holes. Let's let's change it next year, shall we? <laughs> um, I love hearing what people want to change about golf, and it, it is often the length. It is often the length. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this year we've had some long tournaments, well, especially with all the delays that we've had, but it just felt like uh, you're out there for a long time sometimes, yeah. We've been so incredibly unlucky with the weather, haven't we? But um, Oh, yeah, this year, definitely. What has been your favourite tournament this year? I mean, you kind of mentioned maybe the first one, but apart from that, maybe. Ooh, well, no, not with the weather, the first one. <laughs> um, first, or favourite tournament um is there one where we didn't have a delay i'm trying to think uh oh i love the venue that we played at prague uh, in czech republic that was a great venue uh we did have a delay there and eventually we played that final round in carts so in buggies so that was that was pretty cool um yeah sure i'll i'll say prague i have good memories of um you in prague because um Obviously, I normally go around the course in a buggy 
watching all you guys walk and then my buggy got taken away from me because you guys needed the buggy to play and I remember you just going like ha ha now you have to walk up these hills because it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah you always drive around and we're like oh you're lucky having a having yeah. a buggy and now we were the ones with buggy love you <laughs> do you like playing with a buggy or do you prefer um no I'll prefer walking it was a uh, it was fun for for one round but it just reminded me of a round with your friends at home more than a tournament round but we we play well me and my partner I was uh, with Lina Belmati and we both shot under par so we were like hey let's do this more often <laughs> and Lina... but for that course it was great because that course was super hilly it was it was it was almost as bad as Terra Blanche which was bad as well yeah <laughs> um one last question then um as a as a woman, um, what do you think more could be done for women's golf? Oh, that that is a really tough one. Um, I think we always try and talk about this as well. Um, I think we're on the right track. We're definitely doing doing better than many many years ago. Um, it also helps with the social media. I think I talked to. Kate Rose about this uh, at the Rose Ladies Open. It's just really tough, but yeah, um, I'd say we need more television time as well, just uh, for the for the for the better tours as well. Which is it's it's already getting way better, but yeah, we need more exposure. And once again, it's been way better than many many years uh, ago. But I think if we keep going the way we're going, uh, eventually it will. It will be better and better. But yeah, we're also leaning more towards equal price fund, which I saw this post on, I think it was Golf Digest, like a couple of days ago, that the most payout is going to happen for the LPGA Tour next season, which is unbelievable. So yeah, if we just keep going with this trend, we'll, it will definitely get better and better. Yeah. Definitely. Now, um, as someone who maybe listens to podcasts, you'll know that before you go, I always ask everyone for their best advice, really, to anyone um, in the in golf. What's your advice? Um, I would say um, keep loving the game. Keep it really, really close. For me, when I went away for a while, it really showed me how much I love it. And just keep like keep making it fun for yourself and loving it and yeah stay 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 true to the game as well and just yeah just keep enjoying it for for us sometimes when it's tough I I almost forget how much I love it but yeah you just gotta keep loving it yeah absolutely and um, hopefully you can keep loving it in Q school coming up. I hope so too. <laughs> um, well, I'm so thankful that you joined us on the podcast today and wish you best of luck for Q School and wherever you end up the next season after. Thank you so much for having me, Lovey. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you all for once again tuning in to the Let Us Golf podcast. And a massive thank you goes to this week's guest, the wonderful 
bubbly Marie Harivan who really opened up about what she described as a heartbreaking season and some of the more heartbreaking moments in her life and the way she's recovered from that and never given up is truly inspirational. I so enjoyed that chat and if you're listening to me right now, you got to the end so you must have done too, please show your appreciation by clicking that subscribing button or reviewing or rating this podcast on Spotify, Apple or wherever you listen to your other I'm sure equally fabulous podcasts to give the series a boost and help others find it. But not only that, raising the profile of our fantastic, inspirational and dedicated players. Thanks everyone. See you soon.